Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. You know, Hosanna in the highest. We know, Lord, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that everybody here today, Lord, ears will be open to hear, their hearts will be open to receive. And I thank you, Lord, that every word that is spoken today is going to touch every single one of them here. And we know, Lord, as we lift you up before everything else, Father God, everything that we say, everything we do, then we know that you are in control and you will guide every step that we take. We thank you, Father God, today for the word And we know, Lord, that it's going to have a deep impact in people's lives as they start their week. So we thank you for that right here, right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Take your seats. Thanks, praise and worship team. What a way to start. It's really, really important that we actually understand the purpose of praise and worship. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about why praise and worship is so, so vitally important in our church life. A lot of people I've noticed over the years that I've actually been not necessarily just attending church, but also ministering in churches, there is a large percentage of people that They want to hear the word of God, and so they come here to do exactly that. But they miss the most important part. The most important part is praise and worship. It enables us to enter into his presence. It it actually sets us up so that we can actually greater receive the word as it comes to us. Praise and worship has always had a very, very prominent place in both the Old and the New Testament. Now, later on, I'll give you some statistics on that. But firstly, I want you to just reflect on a couple of things yourselves. How does praise and worship affect you in your daily life? Why is it important? Why do we feel the need to worship God? And why is it that we only worship God when we're feeling really good? We've got to make sure that it becomes a pivotal part of our Christian walk. So you just look at those three basic questions there. Let's see if this works. It does too. <laughs> Shock horror. So how can we unlock the power if we don't feel like praising God? How do we do that? What I'm hoping to do today, and you'll see how this links together with other aspects of our word of faith. 
I'm going to give you some key elements to actually let you see just how you can actually unlock the power of praise and worship. And not only unlock it, but how you can actually enter into his presence in a fuller way. Praise and worship team sang that uh, new song, Echo Holy. And that's really good. Now, I had no input into what they were singing or what they were going to bring in the praise and worship. But they spend time together in prayer and they are led by the Holy Spirit to let them know what to bring. They didn't know what my message was about. I had another song that I was actually thinking would be really, really good to actually um, finish off with. But I think that that song is the appropriate song for today. But to just give you a little bit of a taste, just listen to this little clip here. And you tell me whether you think that these people are excited about praise and worship. Let me hear the worshipers! because otherwise I'll get carried away and I'll start singing and that'll really ruin everything. <laughs> Listen to the way that they're actually singing that. They want to know where all the worshippers are, where all the praises are because every praise belongs to God. Now everybody knows and some people will disagree with me but this is my own personal opinion. God can do anything. Anything that your heart's desire, he can actually do. And anything that you can't even desire, he can do. But I believe that there's one thing that he can't do or he just doesn't want to do. He cannot praise and worship himself. He wants you to do that. So why is it that so many people turn up late to a service and miss the best part, the praise and worship. You need to be here bright-eyed and bushy-tailed nice and early to get the best part of the message right from the very start. You always only get out what you put into it. One of the most powerful principles a person could learn is that of sowing and reaping. And they go, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to talk about tithing and offering and that. Sowing and reaping is not necessarily just about that. What you put in is what you get out. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what it is. Your commitment to anything 
whether it's praise and worship, whether it's to the Word of God, whether it's to anything else, you will only get out of it what you put into it. I'll give you a classic example. Now, I know I'm talking about money, but it's a simple, you know, way of actually explaining things. Let's just say, hypothetically, I'm a uh, financial broker, and uh, I see these two young people down here, and I go, okay, says, I've got this really, really good investment for you. You know, it's like a 25% return on your invested money. You put your money in, and I can guarantee in a year, you'll get a full 25% return on it. And I said, it's guaranteed. And so they go, oh, that's a really good idea. So they decide to invest their money. Now, this young gentleman over here, he's just a little bit too cautious. So he's thinking, mm, I don't want to sort of take a chance of losing too much. So he'll only just invest a little bit. But this young lady here, your praise and worship leader, is bold as a lion and she decides, I'm going to go all in. So she throws in $10,000. Way to go. Woohoo! <laughs> then at the end of the year, I was right. Full 100% return on their money plus 25%. Now all of a sudden, it's Ben, isn't it? Tim. I was close. <laughs> ben, Tim. Oh, it's it three letters. Yeah, that's right. He goes, uh, how come I only got like $5,000 over and above my money? Um, that's not fair. I invested at the same time. And I said, well, how much did you invest? Oh, like a couple of grand. My maths is terrible. My wife's sitting there. She's going to do the maths for me and, and mess everything up for me. But I'm just going to, just hypothetically, all right? Round figures. Don't, don't, don't quote me on this. So he turns around. He goes, oh, I've only made a couple of bucks out of this. But her, on the other hand, is rolling in the Benjamins. $10,000 return on her, on her investment. Right? Go team. What was the big difference? Well, it was the level of commitment. What you sow, so shall you reap. If you want to invest in something, you give 110%. Because you're going to get 110% back. If you invest just a small amount, then you're going to get a small amount in return. So why not do a full investment in your word? This word. It's not something that you decide that you are going to read oh, once or twice a week. Why do they call them daily devotionals? Well, I think that's supposed to imply that you need to do it every day. So the level of a commitment that you've actually got will actually be how much you actually get back. What you sow is what you reap. And if you continue to do that, then you will actually make a way prosperous. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that you actually commit the right amount. I've got nowhere to put this. Down there will do. Nowhere to put it. 
let's see what the Word of God says. Let's have a look at, uh, say, Galatians 6, 7. Do I have another slide? Oh, yeah, I have to. There it is. It's already up there. Doing well. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For if he who sows to the flesh will then the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will, well, actually the spirit is where you're going to get your reward. Praise and worship is sowing into the spirit. And the thing that we Christians must fight the urge is to make sure that praise and worship is what we want to do because it's what God wants us to do. So if we are prepared to actually put into that 100%, then we are going to get 100% return on it. Let's give you another analogy, for instance. Let's just say hypothetically, you know, I've changed roles. I'm no longer a banker no longer investing money. But what I've decided to do, I'm going into farming because sowing and reaping is works with farming. So one day I'm sitting there out on the rocking chair, out in the front, looking out at the field, and my wife Maria comes out to me. Now, I told her I wasn't going to pick on her, but while I'm up here, I'm quite safe. <laughs> but as they say, everything's temporal subject to change, so eventually I've got to go down there again. <laughs> But I'll be nice to her because we just celebrated our anniversary, so we're, uh, I've got to be nice. Um, I'm sitting out the front porch, and I'm getting there, and we go, and she goes, um, are you going to go out and plant the fields? Put some you know, seed in the ground and everything? I said, nah, I'm not going to worry about it this year. I'm just going to sit back. There's plenty of rain around at the moment. Uh, it'll start growing on its own, and when I see it growing, then I'll feel motivated, and I'll go out and put some more in. And she goes, well, I mean this in the most loveliest way, dear husband, but you're an idiot. <laughs> How are you going to get a return on anything if you're not going to actually invest in it in the first place? You can't automatically assume that you are going to learn the Word of God if you never actually read it. <clears throat> I've known a few people that have actually, I actually worked with this guy. Uh, he actually had uh, a Bible on his desk and nobody was allowed to touch his Bible. It was on the front corner of his desk in his office. It was always there. No one was allowed to touch it. If anybody come in and put anything near it or on it, he would, he would crack up. He, he would go, get away, no, 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 it's my Bible. Don't touch my Bible. And we thought, wow, this guy is really, really a real solid man of faith. But I noticed over a period of time that there was a level of dust building up on the Bible. So he had the Bible. He had the Word of God right there. It was ready for him to use and to take advantage of. But he never actually opened the book. Never read it. So is that helping him achieve his goals? Of course not. Having a Bible doesn't mean that you read the Word of God. 
Having a Bible doesn't mean that you're actually spending time in the Word. How many of you have actually, you know, raced out, you're going somewhere, you've left your mobile phone behind and you're like five kilometres up the road and all of a sudden you get there and you decide you're going to turn around and go back and get your phone because without that, there is no life. For most people, for most people, that's the way it is. Would you do the same thing if you were going off somewhere and you left your Bible behind? Would you turn around and go get your Bible? Oh, no, well, I've got it on my app. I've got an app for that. And I've got my, I got my iPad and, and I've got my other things and, and, and all my electronic devices. Yeah, that's really great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I might be a little old school, but sometimes I do actually like just flicking through the pages. We had a little discussion once, uh, me and my, uh, my wife, again, talking about her. Um, I was going to buy a, another Bible. It was a parallel Bible. I thought I, I wanted one of these because it was um, New King James uh, and it was the Amplified. And she goes, oh, do you need another Bible? I go, well, yeah, I always need a Bible. And I says, well, you got a few, haven't you? I said, mm, no, not really. Uh, so we uh, had to investigate that. And it turns out I got 16 Bibles. But they're all different and they all have a purpose and they all have uh, a reason that I have them. Some of it's for study purposes, some of it's just because you just want to look at a different version. This one here, for instance, is the expository. So it actually expands on the word and gives you a little bit more understanding of what it actually means. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's the Bible I like, the, the one that I normally uses fallen apart it's pretty old and beaten up a little bit but that's what it is you have to remember that when it comes to sowing and reaping first you have to plant and then you reap this is the most basic of spiritual and natural principles obedience precedes results first obedience then results so if we just stand there and say, well, we'll just see what God does and whether God touches me, then I'll decide it's time to praise and worship him. I don't really think that that's what he's on about. The thing is, we don't have to feel like praising and worshipping to praise and worship him. Hebrews 11.1 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Now, if faith is a substance, everybody sees our faith as being what we believe in. But faith is a substance. A substance is something that's tangible, something that you can actually get hold of, something you can actually get your teeth into. So if, if faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen, then the thing is with praise and worship, you've got to look at it from another perspective. He says, if you don't feel like praising and worshipping God, then that's probably the time that you need to be praising and worshipping God. 
because it ushers in that presence. It feels, have you ever listened to a praise and worship song and actually felt it? You really feel it. Sometimes when you're listening to praise and worship songs, they have a different meaning for you. They have a different understanding for you. They have a different way of touching you. They may remind you of something. They may actually strengthen you in some way. They may actually do something that you've never actually experienced before in your spirit. It gets deep down inside of you. I know that my wife in particular has got some praise and worship songs that she listens to that literally bring her to tears. And they're tears of joy. There's some that remind her of difficult times that we've actually gone through. And some of them she uses just to do the housework. But it's it's not necessarily what it does for you. It's the fact that you need this in your life. You need this to be part and parcel of you. Now, if you listen to any of the praise and worship guys, any, any, any of your team members up here that have anything to do with praise and worship, every single one of them will tell you something different about why they want to do this, why they want this as part of their life. Now, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He has not changed in any way, shape, or form. He's got no intentions of changing. He is who he is, but he wants you to come closer to him. He wants you to have fellowship with him. He wants you to actually press into him. And what better way to do that than through praise and worship? Because if we're talking about faith, I think faith is being like, that's your spiritual muscle, right? <clears throat> now, let's look at it this way. In this church, and I don't know a lot of you people, uh, I've only just uh, been introduced to a few, um, but I would say that this is across the board at all churches. Then you have, everybody has a different level of faith, now, in this church, you would have spiritual muscle. That's someone's faith is, is that, that powerful, that strong. You know, you look at uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody knows him, Mr. Muscles. Now, did he get those muscles by just thinking about that he actually wanted to be Mr. Universe and he wanted to be big and strong and he wanted muscles bulging all over the place? Or did he have to actually put in the hard yards? Did he actually have to go to the gym three, four times a, a week you know, working out over and over again to build up that strength, make himself bigger and stronger every day until he became what he is? So you could say from that perspective, he spent a lot of time in the Word, okay, and he's built his faith up to that level, so he is a muscle giant as far as his faith is concerned. Now, I'm going to show my age here. Uh, does everybody know Steve Urkel from Family Matters? as an old sitcom, American sitcom. Is this tiny, tiny, weedy, skinny little, you know, um, 
Afro-American, you know, so basically he's got the only thing holding his body together was probably the skin that's over his skeletal figure. There's not much of him at all. The type of person who would have to run around in circles in the shower to get wet. So if you look at him and you look at you look Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's no comparison. So you've got a faith giant, that's Big Arnie, and you've got Steve Urkel, okay, who is, he, he wishes he could do things, but he never does. He's never able to achieve them. He can't get to where he's going. So if you look at that from, from a church perspective, you have those. You have faith giants and you have ones that are sort of like not there yet. So the comparison of the two is quite staggering. So you need to see, well, how can both these people continue to praise and worship God every day? Because the likes of uh, Arnie, he would get there and it doesn't matter whether he's had a good day, a bad day, a bad week or whatever, he is still going to come and praise and worship God. He's going to be here right, bright and early, even before the doors open. And it doesn't matter because he can push through because he's big, he's strong, he's powerful. Steve, on the other hand, he would get there and he'd go, I haven't even really had a bad week but it hasn't been good either, so maybe I should just stay home and rest. Or if he's had a really good week, he's really excited about how things are going, he would come here and he'd be praising and worshipping God. So he can do that. But that's not how we're supposed to actually do things. We cannot allow our feelings to dictate to us how we actually walk with Jesus. You need to make sure that your number one priority is pressing into God no matter what. Because strangely enough, when you've had a bad week or you've had something go wrong in your life, that is probably when you need more of him. You need to press into him even more. You need to be able to actually be with him in the good times and the bad times because he is the author and the finisher of a faith. He can allow you to overcome all things. It says, cast your cares onto the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding, but everything in prayer and supplication. So make your requests known to him. Give it all to God and then come here and praise and worship him. That's what you need to be able to do. So you need to make sure that you can do the heavy lifting no matter what. It's what you need to do. Yeah, going through pretty quick. What have we got next? Oh, look at this. What you need to look at is that sometimes when you've actually experienced something, you see it as something bad, but it's actually something good. I'll give you a, a, another example. Uh, 
there's this king. He's in charge of this big country, and uh, he, what he says goes. That's all there is to it. And he's got his faithful, you know, uh, you know, protege that runs around with him and does all his bidding and all that sort of stuff. And one day the king's out. He's out. He's out hunting, and uh, and his little little offside gets it. He says, "Oh, praise the Lord! What a beautiful day for hunting. This is fantastic. Let's go out and enjoy the day." And so they go out, and they're out there, and he's he's got his bow, and he's he's shooting pigs and and all this sort of stuff, and then he gets his his hand caught in uh, in the bowstring, and it rips his rips his thumb off, and he goes, oh no, look what's what's happened here, and he goes, oh praise God, he says it's all good, and he goes, what? I'm just been maimed by this bow. He said, guards, take this man, lock him up, throw him in jail. And so the king decides to go off hunting on his own without his little offsider. And then he goes into hostile territory and he gets captured by these cannibals. And they tie him up and they've got him on the stake and they're ready to cook him up. And then the, the chief of the, of the cannibals turns around and says, uh, hang on, he's not all there. He's deformed. Uh, no, he's, he's not good, can't cook him, let him go. And so the king, relieved that he's been set free, goes back to his mate that he's got locked up in jail, and he goes, I'm really sorry, I... Uh, you know, I understand why you're praising God now. Because if I'd had all my fingers and my thumbs, it says, I would have been eaten by cannibals. And so I'm going to let you out of jail. And he goes, praise God. And he says, God is good all the time. And he goes, yeah, he is. And he goes, and he goes do you know, it's even, I'm glad that you locked me up in jail. And he goes, why? And he goes, well, I got all ten fingers. And I said, if I was with you and we got captured, they would have eaten me. <clears throat> so praise God. Not everything that happens in your life that appears to you to be something that is not good actually doesn't have another plan and a purpose behind it. Sometimes when things happen, I mean, I, I remember once I was actually at uh, another church and I was, I was part of the security team and I was there to, to lock up and oversee all the security guys and all that sort of stuff. And what actually happened is that um, the person who was supposed to be locking up the church that night didn't turn up. So I had to do it. And so I ring up my wife and say, hey, look, I'm going to be late home. I said, you know, I was grumbling a little bit. I was a little not very happy and I was getting a bit whingy whiny and I'm going, i got to do this. And all the time I'm walking around the church, locking up all the buildings because it, it was a big church, five buildings. I've got to set the alarms, lock all the doors, check all the rooms and all that sort of stuff. I am complaining to God. Who complains to God? Oh, come on. Who complains to God? Okay, who, who wins? Who, who, who gets their way? Nobody? All right, yeah. yeah. 
And I was. I was. I was not being very, very um, Christian at all. I was. I was quite um, upset with this person because they didn't turn up last minute, and I had to lock up the church. And so then I'm finally finished, and I'm on my way home, and I get stopped on the freeway. And police pull me over. And I go, what's going on, officer? And he goes, he said, oh, no, look, you can't go up here. You have to take this exit here and go around. Where are you heading? I said, I'm going up to Duncraig. And he goes, no, no, it's been a big, big smash up there. He says, a couple of fatalities and things are not looking good. And I said, wow. And I said, oh, that's really sad. I said, when did that happen? And he goes, about 35 minutes ago which would have been the exact time that I was travelling up that freeway. So what is there not to say that God saw an opportunity to save me from being in that situation where I could have been part of that accident? What is there to say that, you know, I was meant to stay at the church and not be on that road. Who knows? But there's always the possibility that God took advantage of a bad situation and turned it around for good. So do not automatically assume that things that go wrong in your life are a bad thing. They may be an inconvenience. They may be uh, causing difficulty in your life. God doesn't make them happen, but I can guarantee you that he will use them to his advantage. Psalm 135.3. 3. I haven't got that up there. Uh, Praise the Lord. For your Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his particular treasures. See, God is talking about how he chooses to pick people for a particular thing. And you need to continually be praising and worshipping God because... He is good and therefore he is worthy to be praised. We know this because God has always got our back no matter what. So what happens if you look at these two things here? We look at these two options and first we can sit there and refuse to do anything and uh, teach God a lesson or perhaps we can actually just be aware that God is in control and he is looking after everything. God is in control always. So what we say we believe should match up with how we act. You reckon that's a fair statement? See, it's not what you believe. It's who you believe in. It's not who you know, but who knows you. God is in control of everything. Matthew 18, 20. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, here I am in the midst of you. Now, this is what I was talking about before. The New King James Version Bible is 256 times for worship and 188 times for praise. A total of 254 praise and worship scriptures. Now, I've always found out when when God mentions something in the Bible, it's important. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's always, it's, it's very important. If God mentions something in the Bible, it's important. If he mentions it twice, then I think that you need to take note that it's even more than just something that he's mentioning, but it's really important. If he mentions it three times, you think, wow, I should actually listen to what the Lord's trying to tell me here. But here you see that there's several hundreds of occasions throughout the Old and the New Testament where God is talking about praise and worship. And he's talking about the need for praise and worship to be part of your life every single day. He wants to make sure that you are spending time praising and worshipping him because that ushers in the presence of God into your life. See, sometimes people actually get there and what they're doing is they are just feeling what's going on. But sometimes you've got to try and cut that out, right? And it's not easy. Trust me, it is not easy. We get there, I say, lifting my hands, praising the Lord, worthy is the Lamb, being very spiritual on the outside. But what's going on on the inside? My mind is just like everybody else's. It can wander. Especially so like when you're doing a, like a, a later service, or even this one, it's not too bad, because uh, so, you've had time to have breakfast, but lunch is just around the corner. You start praising and worshipping, and you go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Maria's chicken cacciatore. Oh, yes, that's going to be really nice when I get home to have that. She hasn't made that for a while. And, oh, whoops, hang on, getting a bit distracted here. All of that focus that needs to be on him, we have a tendency to get off track. We have a tendency to get off track because sometimes we actually have other things that we prioritize in our life. Other times that we're prioritizing. Uh, you've got this uh, Matt Fricker coming up on Tuesday. How many are going to come and listen to him? Oh, well, that's, that's not bad. But what happens if the weather does turn a bit narky and it's not like, you know, a nice sunny day and it's a bit like today and it gets a bit uh, cold and wet and miserable? Uh, do you think you still turn up? Yeah? Oh, you must be pretty good then, eh? <laughs> the thing is that you've got to remember that we have to try and keep our mind focused on what we need to be focusing on. God doesn't care about the chicken catchatory. There's power in praise and worship. There always has been and there always will be. 
So the thing is, I need to make sure that I'm not focusing on the chicken catchatory when I'm praising and worshiping God. I need to make sure that I'm focusing on what God wants me to do, and that is spend time with Him, and that is to actually press into Him. And we press into God when there is no opportunity to actually do anything but do that. And believe it or not, sometimes when things are a lot a lot worse than what they appear to be, then that is more likely to be the time that you want to press in. That echo holy is really what it's all about. That 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 song there is telling you what you need to be doing. So if nothing else comes out of the message today, I want you to be encouraged and understand that realistically, when it comes to praise and worship, get it into your spirit. Get it in down deep in your heart. Press into it. Try and make it part of your daily life. Listen to it in the morning when you're getting up and getting ready to go to work or getting the kids for ready for school. Be able to actually rock up earlier at the church to make sure that you can help usher in the presence of God because it says two or more come together in my name. He is in the midst of us. So as we come together, it says do not forsake the assembly. Be here. Come together. Join together in unity, in one accord. Lift your hands, praise and worship his mighty name. The thing is, it doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing. It doesn't matter what the person at the back is doing. If you want to praise and worship God, you do it your way, the way that you can open yourself up. You lift your hands and praise and worship him. Open yourself up to receive from him everything that you possibly can because as that gets down inside your spirit it will change how you actually react and how you feel the word of God needs to resonate deep inside you many praise and worship songs come directly from scripture but there's a difference between a praise song and a worship song one is all about lifting him up and acknowledging who he is and the other one is thanking him for what he's done in your life thanking him for the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for you allow yourself to know what it is in Christ that you need and I truly believe that praise and worship is a fundamental part of our everyday Christian walk if you can get him in here through praise and worship, then I know for a fact that understanding how the word works in your life will be so much better. Look at this. Lifting their hands, praising and worshiping God is what you need more than anything else, I believe, in your life is to be able to usher in the presence of God hope and pray that this has helped you today and uh, I think that these guys need to finish off with that echo holy song and listen to the words sometimes 
you don't need to be standing up and praising worship. Sometimes you just need to be sitting there and allow it to wash over you and to soak into you and to resonate right deep into the spirit. So as you sit there and listen to this praise and worship, just allow it to wash over you and touch your hearts.